Hello and welcome to this another special episode of the Tech Diaries podcast. This is the final episode of the two-part series where I'm answering your technical questions. My name is Sahil David and I'm a full-stack developer based in the UK. Welcome to my podcast The Tech Diaries where we explore stories and ideas that inspire our technical minds. First of all, I want to thank all of you for supporting this podcast. Your feedback has helped me to grow and bring more technical content. If you are new to the podcast, welcome to the show. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. It really helps the show grow. As an update from my side, life is going through a very interesting phase. The application for my startup is about to launch. Super excited about that. I will give you more details about the app in my upcoming episodes. Recently I've been busy with traveling as I often say in order to stay motivated as a developer we need to take care of our energy we need to disconnect to reconnect I had a long weekend away in Mallorca Mallorca was beautiful highly recommend if you're looking for a holiday destination I also visited my family in India after a long time much needed break it really refreshed my mind absolutely loved my trip to India Let me know in the comments what are you doing to stay motivated as a developer. I would love to hear from you. A quick recap. In episode 2 of the podcast, I answered four questions asked by you where we touched on various topics such as imposter syndrome, how to stay motivated as a developer, and front-end development roadmap. If you missed the episode, please check it out. For today's episode, I have four more questions to answer. Questions sent by you. As I said before please note that these are not the perfect responses but these are my experiences which have worked for me in my journey if i miss something please let me know so without further ado let's get started so today's first question is i'm learning development for the last one and a half years but i'm not confused because of chat gpt what are your thoughts on that such an interesting question ChatGPT has been the most discussed topic lately in the software community. But before diving into the details, I want to take a minute and congratulate you for learning development for the last one and a half years. We need to celebrate these wins. So well done. Now, it's totally natural to feel confused about new technologies. First of all, if anyone who is listening to this podcast and hasn't heard about ChatGPT, here's a quick overview. ChatGPT is an advanced language model developed by a company called OpenAI. It is based on the transformer architecture, especially the GPT series, which stands for Generative Pre-trained Transformers. Now, GPT models are known for their ability to generate human-like text based on given prompts and are designed to understand natural languages. The interesting point is that ChatGPT understands programming language. It's been trained on a wide range of programming related texts from the internet. So as you can imagine, it raises concerns for the developer community. In my opinion, I'm really excited about the technology. I wouldn't worry about losing a job because an AI model can write code. There are still many factors that determine whether the code is fit for production. The biggest challenge with ChatGPT is we cannot be 100% sure if the code output is correct and doesn't have security leaks. 
I mean, don't get me wrong, the model is only going to improve from now on. Personally, I wouldn't just take the code from ChatGPT and put it in my live application. I need to know the code written is of quality and cover all bases. Moreover, if you have a skill and you become a domain expert, there will always be demand for you. So I would advise you to keep learning and keep growing. Having said that, ChatGPT can be a valuable tool for developers in various ways. It can help with our workflows, productivity, and coding challenges. Here are some of the examples I use ChatGPT for. First, brainstorming ideas. ChatGPT helps me with brainstorming ideas for new projects, features, or solutions. By describing the problem or requirements, ChatGPT offers me suggestions that inspires new directions. One of the other scenarios I use ChatGPT for is to generate test cases. Sometimes it provides me with scenarios which I haven't considered. Lastly, where ChatGPT is bringing productivity to my development process is by helping me with debugging and troubleshooting. When faced with a bug or an issue, I can describe the problem to ChatGPT and it may offer insight into potential causes. Usually it's not the solution I'm looking for, but it can spark ideas that leads to solutions. I hope this answer helps you in putting things into perspective. Like any other tool, ChatGPT is a tool available for us to write better code. And yes, don't use it to take shortcuts. Don't compromise learning. Don't compromise learning technical concepts or knowing your programming language in detail. Don't become dependent on it. Learn and know your programming language inside out. Strengthen your fundamentals. Don't worry about AI taking your job. I read somewhere very interesting that humans are the new programming language. There is no substitute for human creativity and the energies that flow within us. Become a good conscious person and keep chasing your dreams. Let's move on to the next question. You mentioned in your last episode that you like teaching. Do you offer coding classes? When will you launch your course? Wow, the timing of this question is so right. Yes, I love teaching and I love to contribute to other developers with my experiences. Regarding the course, I'm working on developing my own series of web development courses. Next month, I will be launching a front-end development course called Front-end Mastery. I'm still working on the specific details, but since you asked the question, here is the high-level overview. The course will be around six to eight weeks course covering topics such as HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Once the basics are covered, we will be moving to advanced JavaScript and Vue.js framework. The course is divided into small modules and each module has a practical example where we work towards a coding challenge together. So you can see the code in action. There are sessions for live Q&A should you have any questions throughout or after the course. But the most interesting part is the course will focus on developing a live project, which we will build together from scratch and deploy to the server. My vision is to give you the skills so you can start your career in front-end development, but most importantly, build your own projects and apps and bring your ideas to life. Recently, I posted a quote on my Instagram saying, code, create, collaborate, and leave a legacy. The idea behind the courses and my content is to empower you with the skills so you can develop your ideas and shape them into startups. Soon, I will be sharing the details on my social media. If you are interested, please follow me on my Instagram for regular updates. My username is at sahildavid.dev. 
Also, join my weekly newsletter on my website, sahildavid.dev. Thank you for asking the question and see you there in the course. The next question is actually from a good friend of mine, Andrea Lopez. She's a developer based in Valencia. Andrea asked, I love the episode so far. What do you think about Strapi and creating headless CMS? Better options. Thank you, Andrea, for all your love and support. If you're listening to this podcast, can I please invite you to the podcast so we can have a conversation and discover your developer story. Regarding your question about better options for choosing Strapi and headless CMS, I would say this is a bigger conversation which depends on what are we trying to accomplish. Here's my thinking. Let's talk about a principle called right tool for the right job. I don't think there is a better option. The point is, which option is better for you for the task at hand? Pick a technology where you can leverage the strengths of your team and skill sets. Since you mentioned Strapi, let's talk about it. I tried it a few months ago and I have to say it can be used for some very interesting developer-friendly use cases. For anyone listening, if you don't know what Strapi is, Strapi is a popular open source headless CMS. Now, what is a headless CMS? Simply put, it's a content management system which separates the content layer from the presentation layer, offering super flexibility for developers to create complex, dynamic, and content-rich applications. When evaluating whether Strapi is the right choice for creating a headless CMS, I think it's important to consider its features, benefit, and how it compares to other options. Let's look at some factors together. Here are some of the pros of using Strapi. It's an open source software. By the way, I'm not an expert in Strapi and I haven't used it much, but this is just my experiences so far. <laughs> so the first pro would be it's an open source software, which means we can modify it according to our needs. From my experience, I know that Strapi offers a highly customizable environment, allowing us to define content structure, API endpoints, and relationships based on specific requirements. Also, Strapi follows an API-first approach, making it suitable for building decoupled applications where content is consumed by various front-end frameworks. Moreover, it has a user-friendly admin panel and supports a wide range of plugins, so could be a strong case for many applications. However, there are some considerations as well. If you are new to headless CMS, there could be a learning curve. And if you have multiple junior developers in the team, I would evaluate the time it needs to use the platform efficiently. Personally, I don't have the experience or know how well it will scale and perform for large and commercial level applications. One last consideration for me would be that while Strapi has an active community, the level of support and documentation it provides as compared to more established CMS platform. Just to give you more ideas, I will look into other options such as Contentful, Ghost, Prismic, and also WordPress with headless setup. I'm very much interested in that. I will mention all the links in the podcast notes. Wish I could tell you straight away which option to go for, but ultimately the choice between Strapi and other headless CMS options depends on your specific project requirements, your familiarity with the technology stack and the level of customization you need. 
It's a good idea to evaluate different platforms, consider your long-term goals, and possibly even experiment with few options to find the best fit for your needs. I hope these points help you. Let me know which option you go for and what you discover along the way. Good luck. Now here's the last question for this episode. Can you talk about some of the apps you created? Is there any process you follow? Okay, that's a big question. Let's take it in two parts. First, the apps I have developed. I will mention two apps that are currently running live for my startups as we speak. The first one is called ADIMS. It stands for Advanced Diary Integration Management System. ADIM is an application built for driving schools in the UK. It helps driving instructors manage their business activities such as lessons booking, payments and students all under one umbrella. It started off as a project for my uncle who is a driving instructor himself. Here's a lesson for you. For every problem that you see around, if you have a better solution, it's a potential for an app or a startup. Adam started as a personal project but soon we realized that it has a potential and value that it can bring to the market. At this point, we rewrote the whole app for commercial use. The application is still running live and is used by driving instructors all over the UK. The project is still in its initial stages, but with huge potential. Very exciting. The second app I'm currently working on is called Gurukul Solutions. It's an education system which is about to launch in India next month. Our vision is to bring technical advancement into the field of education. After comprehensive market research, we have identified a gap in the market. Currently, we are working on developing the MVP. The startup is called Kinara Interactive Solutions with our office based in Chandigarh. We have a team of amazing individuals where we all lift each other. As a unit, we are working constantly to bring our ideas to the app in a user-friendly manner. There are lots of interesting architecture challenges I'm working on right now. I will share a complete case study once the app is launched, so stay tuned. Now, regarding the second part of the question, the process I follow to develop apps. Wow, such a big question and my favorite topic. This is my ongoing adventure. I have formulated a process over the years, learning from the companies I've worked with, but I'm still refining each and every stage of my process. I believe there are many areas where I can work more efficiently. Here's the high level overview of the process. It might be difficult to follow on the podcast, but we can try. The process focuses on a user-centric design approach and iterative development. By involving users at multiple stages, the idea is to ensure that the final product is well-tailored to deliver a positive user experience. User sits at the core of my process. At the core lies the commitment to quality and willingness to adapt based on the feedback. Most of my points are derived from the book, The Lean Startup. If you are starting a business, I highly recommend the read. I will put the link in the podcast notes. Anyway, the high-level steps that I follow while developing the app are First step, discovery phase. This is where I focus on market research, brainstorming ideas, and gathering requirements. The main purpose of the discovery phase is to work out the feature set that can provide maximum value to the user. After the discovery phase, I move to initial prototyping or proof of concept. I'm still evaluating if this is the right place to start prototyping, but for now, that's what I do. I focus on creating an initial version of the app to demonstrate core functionality. This helps users and internal team 
team to visualize the direction of the project. Also, I feel this step is very important to remove any unknowns and catch hidden monsters. Initial prototyping provides clarity, which is super important for a smooth app development experience. The next step is to move to sketching and design phase. This is my favorite step. I'm not a designer, but I have to say I envy all the designers. I love a good clean UI. Thank you to all the designers out there for making our web and life a well-structured and a beautiful place. Shout out to all the designers. If I have to do life again, I would become a designer. <laughs> anyway, based on the project budget, I either hire a freelancer or design the initial UI myself based on my research. At this point, things get serious for me. Now I will be moving into architecting the application. There is a big difference between building an application and building an enterprise or commercial application. I read this amazing quote once, a well-designed software architecture is not just code. It's a testament to the power of imagination and engineering. So true, isn't it? Every decision made during this phase, whether choosing the right infrastructure, modules, library, tech stack, all have a big factor to play in the successful journey of your app. I have a ritual that I do here. I study different architecture patterns, read books, listen to talks, and keep thinking about them all the time. Thinking about my problem and potential solution on my drives, my walks, and literally everywhere. I like to believe that the solution comes to you in the most unexpected times. But that's the beauty of software development, right? Also, I'm not an expert in cloud infrastructure, so I would always discuss it with my colleagues, friends, and experts. Always good to review your thinking before making big decisions. After I have an idea laid out for architecture, comes the most important aspect of the process, code by hand. I cannot stress the importance of this step. If you are learning to code, try coding by hand. It's a total game changer. I try to put down all the major logic and flows on pen and paper. That gives me a clear vision all set to start developing the MVP. All of these practices has helped me to develop app over the years. And I have to credit the book Lean Startup here. So I highly recommend the read. After the MVP is developed, the beta version is shared with users and initial team. The process is then very iterative. With small sprints and regular update, the project moves to alpha and stable releases, all set to hit the market. Honestly, having the right process and approach can make all the difference. This process works for me. I would suggest you take the ideas and find what works best for you. If you already have a process, please let me know in the comments. I would love to make changes wherever I can. Also, on a side note, I'm thinking about a name for this process. If you have bright ideas, please let me know. That brings us to the end of all questions. Wow, that was a lot to cover, but we got there in the end. A big thank you for sending all your queries. I love answering your questions. I hope this episode provides you with the value that you can implement in your coding journey. If you didn't get the opportunity to submit your question, you can always contact me on my Instagram. Here's something extra for you for listening all the way to the end. Follow these three steps to be successful. Show up, play 100% and finish what you start. Let me repeat that again. Show up to your work with intent. Give it your absolute best and stay consistent. Finish what you start and you will be unstoppable. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode, please leave a review. It really inspires me and helps the show grow. 
If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at sahildavid.tev. That is at sahildavid.tev. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss an update. I drop new episode every month. Come join me on this special journey on the Tech Diaries podcast where we explore the exciting world of software engineering. This is me, Sahil David, signing off. Lots of love and light to you. Stay motivated and don't forget to celebrate the small wins in life.